When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I, I definitely have cranked it to Gina Smart. Believe I have. Dave Song! <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we are Tonight, we are going to witness the most anticipated match in the history of professional wrestling. And this is the main event of the evening. Please welcome your host for today. Jason is here. Dude, I, I swear to God, I'm not as big an asshole as it sounds like. Troy is here. Hey, I call them like I see them, all right? And Taz is here. I mean, Sal is here. Look at it this way. The first thing we've done together as a team. I grab my dick, you grab your dick. You work my arm, I work your arm. Same time. Same time. It's like jerking off together, but not gay. We're not touching dicks. Each other's dicks anyway. I'm touching my own dick. You're working it, and I'm loving it. Well, enough is enough, and it's time for the rundown. Welcome, everybody, to the rundown. I'm your host, Troy. Joining me this week, Jesus Christ, uh, Jason is here. <laughs> What's going on, guys? How you doing this week, man? Oh, you know, another day in paradise. It's been one of the most hectic four-day spans of my life, and it has nothing to do with my actual job that pays me. It's all my volunteer work and baseball stuff that's driving me insane at the moment. So. Mm. However, Sunday is opening day for Little League, so it's been real, guys. I will see you in November, and uh, hopefully everything goes smoothly till then. Fair enough. And joining us, Sal is here. What's going on, guys? Nothing much. What's going on with you, sir? Uh, I actually discovered... The concept for the perfect wrestling match. Oh boy, it's it's very innovative. It's it's going to change the business. I chop you, and then you chop me, and then I chop you, and then you chop me, and then I chop you, but then you chop me. Oh, see, I was thinking more along the lines of I chop you, but but I miss. Then you chop me and you miss, and then I chop you and and I and we keep going back and forth and missing, and then everybody who was like, oh, ROH is going to get elevated, was like, oh wait, no, never mind. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, Adam is not here today. He is mourning the loss of the United States Championship off of Finn Balor's beautiful waist. So uh, we wish him all the luck, the best, and. Uh, Part a little loop for us, buddy. So, uh, <laughs> we've got uh, another fun Phil show here. Me and Jason obviously weren't here last week. Um, I had a uh, family matter to attend to. Nothing, nothing serious. It was a, a 
a play that my child's school was putting on. So uh, that was funner than the fact that they kind of stuffed her onto the side of the stage. And, of course, it was the side that I was sitting on, so there was a curtain in front of her the entire time. So that was a little annoying. But, you know, it was what it is. Um, <laughs> but uh, I am a little tired today because I stayed up late last night to watch The Batman. The Batman? Yes. Now, I'm not going to give any spoilers. Is that fine? No. <laughs> I'm sure there's I'm sure, there's got to be a Batman porn parody, right? I would assume so. At least. I would assume so. Definitely more than one. Um, no, Probably The Batman, with, with, that's the movie black. about Sting, right? No. Uh, it's a movie about Black Zilla, a black guy with the gigantic cock. Uh, no, uh, <laughs> um, no spoilers, obviously, but it is available on HBO uh, Max, I think is what it's called. If you have that, uh, it's included and you don't have to pay the extra. I happen to have that. Sort there you of. go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm sick of all of them, dude. I, I have so many, and I don't have every one of them. I don't mm. have Paramount Plus, and I don't have HBO Max. And I'm like, I'm not. I'm, I'm just ready to get rid of them all. Just, yeah, but that's the beauty of it. As a consumer, you can decide what you want, what's important to you. You know? No, yeah. that's true. And I See, do. I do have what's important to me and my family. So, whereas, yeah. whereas like, back years ago, all you had was Netflix, really, and then it was like you were at their mercy. And now it's like, okay, well, now I know what the, where the thing I want to see is, so now I can go get that thing that I want. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. Uh, one, of the, one of the things that you so you say that, but um, recently Fox Sports, or FS1, decided that, uh, hey, for certain places we're going to sell off the the rights to other fucking streaming services stuff like that so i have fs1 available through sling but the problem is is that what i don't have is ballet sports which is who covers the brewers it used to be fs1 and then they sold that off to ballet sports and i can only get ballet sports on Directv. I mean, not yeah, being Wisconsin. able to see the Brewers might be doing you a favor these days. Well, you know, they're doing okay. Um, and, of course, I'm like, I was like, oh, that's right. I'm, I, I, I am a T-Mobile subscriber, so that means I get MLB TV for free. Yeah, except for the fact that all of the Brewers games are blacked up. So oh, I literally can't watch <laughs> I really can't watch any, any of it. And I'm like, God damn. Which is okay, because you know what? Like, I got Euchre. I love listening to him on the radio, so I'm I'm okay if I don't. I can just watch the fucking clips on online and stuff like that. So it's not that huge of a deal. It's I actually like just made my water, first TikTok with it featuring a euchre clip. I heard it. Yeah. It was very fucking oh. funny. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, but yeah, uh, so so that's a little annoying, and, and that can happen from time to time if you've got like specialized stations and things like that. But in general, yeah, you can get a lot of different things. Like I said, I have Sling TV for um, like TBS, TNT, and USA, so I can actually watch it now because uh, Ginger's login information doesn't work for anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, something weird with DirecTV, so I can't steal his anymore <clears throat> uh, for those specific things. I can I can use it for other things, but yeah. Now, for so the I, record, I am TV. not yeah. stealing your HBO Max. I did contribute to the bill. You did. Mm-hmm. Uh and uh, which is funny because because you're using my profile, I can see what movies you watch. That's right. And every once in a while, I'm like, I was like, I was watching the Forever Purge. Look at that. Uh, <laughs> I've never watched that actually. Oh no, that must yeah. have been my wife then one of those nights. Might have been. Anyways, that's not me. Yeah. 
Um, you watch The Mummy a lot, though. It's a great movie. <laughs> it's a great movie, man. This no, is why we don't share a Pornhub account, though. This is I know, right? <laughs> You'd be like, man, he looks at a lot of Danny Daniels videos. Why is, why uh, is no, there so uh, much shit with midgets? I don't, you know, yeah. sometimes you get in the mood. Um First of all, The Mummy is a fantastic movie. And I'm it's sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Background. Little people? <laughs> sorry. Uh, when you're, like, cleaning up or anything like that, it's, it's a good movie to put in the background, because then you, uh, you're you just, like, you're, you're, you know, doing some dishes or whatever, then you stop and you go, looks like you're on the wrong side of the river, and you go back to doing your dishes, you know? <laughs> but no, uh, The Batman, I want to talk about. Um, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really good. Um, probably one of the... One of the better Batman movies to ever be made, in my opinion. Um, I am not one of those people that looks and sees Robert Pattinson and go, oh, God, the Twilight guy. Because I know, one, he's pretty much disavowed that movie <laughs> and that whole franchise. He has said, like, it was garbage. I did it for the fucking money and stuff like that, too. I've watched him in Tenet and The Lighthouse and other movies and been like, this is a phenomenal actor. I thought he did a fantastic job as Batman. Um, this was the first time that they showed the eye black, you know, yeah. the Batman takes them, the mask off and he's got fucking eye makeup around his eyes. You know, you never see that of every, any other movie you're like, well, he's clearly wearing black around his eyes. And then as soon as the mask goes off, it's like, it's gone. <laughs> so I was like, okay, there's a little realism to it. Uh, Zoe Kravitz, was great, hot as hell, walked around in fucking panties and, and no bra, which was great. Um, the Riddler was a great bad guy in it. It was a, a fresh take on it. Um, Did the Riddler walk around in you know panties and no bra? <clears throat> Sadly not, because I really like that actor. I don't want to say who the actor is if you if you haven't heard it, because uh, I don't want to spoil it or any of that. Um, Penguin is played by... Um, Oh, what's his fucking name? It was just on the tip of my tongue. Uh, Colin Farrell. And he's unrecognizable. They, they have like a bunch of prosthetics on him and shit like that, but he does a great job. It, just, it was a, a really good fucking movie. I was really happy with it. It is three hours, so Colin buckle up. Farrell <laughs> might be the greatest actor I've ever seen. <laughs> if you want... So I take it from your reactions before you haven't watched this movie yet. No. Um, if, you, if you plan on watching it you'll have an even greater appreciation for Colin Farrell. <laughs> I so hated the DC movies that, I don't know, it's hard for me to get... Aquaman was okay. I sort of dug Aquaman. <clears throat> sort of hokey, but I, I enjoyed it a little bit. Maybe it's just because I saw it in theaters. Um, as for Colin Farrell, I was, I was convinced the second I saw the movie Phone Booth, because this motherfucker did an entire movie where he stands in a phone booth for two hours and it was fucking right. riveting. Like, yep. <laughs> if yeah. you can pull that shit off, dude, mm -hmm. you, you, you're good. He's, he's another one of those guys that, like, people will sometimes only look at, like, the movies he's done, like, fucking Daredevil, which he was good in, but that movie was trash, um, and just kind of, like, disregard him. But it's like, dude, Fright Night he was fucking great in. And um, just yeah, he's he's been in a lot of good fucking movies, and and he's another one of those ones. So, I, they had Jeffrey Wright in this movie. Like the the acting quality in this movie was like wow. They got a bunch of really good fucking character actors and really good you know general actors. Peter Sarsgaard is in it. Um, and then so here, here's the other thing too is like 
this feels like a completely different movie than the rest of things. One of the things that Marvel does now is that they can get a little paint by numbers and all their movies look very much the same, you know? And I understand why, you know, it's, it's the, the Marvel universe kind of thing of that. So when you have characters that hop from movies to movies and over that, they have to sort of fit into the environment. So all the environments are similar. This year, DC was finally like, okay, we're going to stop making (laughs) this type of movie and we're going to let the movies kind of do some standalone ones. So like Joker, um, feels different from like the rest of the, uh, you know, the like Batman, Wonder Woman, Superman movies and stuff like that. This feels like completely different from all of those kind of things. So it's, it's its own entity and they didn't do anything. They didn't, didn't fucking have Superman show up or they didn't have Wonder Woman. Like they, they, it was, it was a story about Batman and the Riddler and like, and Penguin and Falcone. So it was like there were it, it was kind of self-contained where they're like, hey, you know, if we're not going to make another one, that's okay. Um, but yeah, it 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 finally felt like it was like, oh, thank God, we have a movie that like feels different from the rest of the things, and this like doesn't feel so forced of that. So I thought it was really good. So I, I would give it a shot. Um, so you brought up the Joker, and I forgot that was actually a, a part of you know a DC movie, and I really yeah. enjoyed that movie, and it wasn't anything like any of the other DC movies I had seen. Exactly, um, yeah. And I thought the actor and the, the guy who played the Joker did a really good job. The only... Uh, <laughs> well, yes, yes, yes. Um, I The only Batman movies I ever really liked um, was The Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. And then going all the way back, Batman Returns is is underrated and really dark and really twisted because it's got yeah. Tim Burton uh, producing it. Well, you know, this how, might like, be another your oldest fuck movie, but Jack Nicholson is a Joker and the Michael Keaton Batman was fantastic. He oh, was. Yeah. I, I watched that after the fact cause I was like too young when it first came out. Oh, so yeah. like I ended up watching it when, no, I just ended no, up no, watching go it when I was a teenager. <laughs> all the way off. Sal. <clears throat> So Batman yeah. Returns was my first Batman movie I got to see. So, wow. I mean, I was a big Batman guy growing up. Like I, um, obviously, I, I'm I'm not old enough to have watched like the original Adam West ones and really, you know, get into that. But obviously, yeah, like uh, the Michael Keaton ones, and then all the way up through that, and then the animated series, which I thought was just a fucking perfect Batman series. It was good. Um, it was after I watched the first Batman movie that I started to find out about those other movies that Kim Basinger was in. <laughs> <laughs> that was before the internet, but nine sure. and a half weeks became very popular to try to find. Yeah. So nice. Um, yeah. So you know, you know how like the the Christopher Nolan Batman movies, Dark Knight, things like that, were like we're going to do like a more realistic take on Batman and stuff like that. Right. Like. This new one, to me, was, like, the most realistic, like, grounded, like, no fucking weird supernatural shit, or, you know, like, obviously, like, obviously the bad guy is uh, just, a, just a dude, you know? Well, that means not a superhero. Um, right, but you have, like, Bane coming through with fucking giant muscles, you know, because he's injecting himself with things. Poison Ivy is making plants grow. Mr. Freeze, uh, yeah, the, you know... Like I said, this one it's like it's it's a dude who's a serial killer, essentially. That's not a spoiler. You can watch it in the fucking previous stuff like that. And then Batman, like yes, he's got some tech stuff, but 
generally it's you know also i was very happy that they went back to the batman doesn't use gun things because the fucking ben affleck batman was like here's some fucking uzis and <laughs> just and you're here's just my like, big question no. <laughs> did they really break the new ground that needed to be broken like did batman and alfred finally fuck no but there definitely was a bromance there okay like, like the, there's like some homoeroticism like going on, you can tell? Bit, yeah, like there, there's some hand-holding. Some little sexual there's, undertones? There's, yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Yeah. Like, it was like, he's probably tasted them. Okay. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, so, I, so, like I said, Batches. all in all, I, I, was, I, was very, I was very pleased with it. So, I was happy with it. Um, right now, we've got the NBA playoffs going on. Yeah, we do. Um, which which wreaked havoc on the raw ratings. Um, still did better than anything AW put out this Celtics past. Celtics uh, wreaked havoc on Kyrie, that fucking piece of shit. Seriously. So, so we had a, a uber close game for the Celtics for for you boys, mm-hmm. uh, winning by just one point. Uh, then of course we had the Kyrie Irving. Running around, making crying faces, flipping off the crowd, and so it's just being a big fucking bitch. All right, so <laughs> let me let me speak on this for a second because mm-hmm. I'm not typically like I don't endorse fans going to arenas and being you know racist or hostile mm-hmm. or just you know if you want to boo a guy, boo a guy. But there there should be certain lines, and I I do feel that way. That said, Kyrie. Came to Boston. His first year in Boston, he was meh, okay. Not what we expected, but okay. Um, Then he missed the playoffs, and then he skipped out on Game 7, didn't sit with his team on the bench. And the following season, he comes back, and this was where he does the preseason, if you all will have me, I'll be be here for life, I plan to sign here, blah, blah, blah. Okay? couple months later he's talking to kd about leaving and going to brooklyn so then he does wait no 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 you missed the part in the all-star game where he didn't play for the celtics for two straight weeks because he was hurt but magically he was not hurt for the all-star game that just happened to fall in the middle of that Right, and then he and then he went into the playoffs against the Bucks, where he continued to shoot three for sixteen in every game of the series, and oh by the way went oh I got Giannis, and, and he did not did not have Giannis. Nope, that didn't happen. Um, so then he goes and he leaves for Brooklyn, and that sort of sucked, but whatever, you know it is what it is. And then you start to hear all the stories about how he refused to do make a wish things for the team when the team would set them up and. Shit like that, and, you know, whatever. I guess it's his personal prerogative, but the guy's still a piece of shit. Um, mm. And then, sure. of course, he goes to Brooklyn, and they trade for James Harden, and then Kyrie continues to decide, now flat earth Kyrie, uh, decides he's going to not take the vax and skip half his team's games. Actually, more than half of his team's games, because even away they didn't let him play for the first half of the season. He couldn't um, go to Toronto. <laughs> to, the, to which point James Harden was like, fuck this bitch, I'm out. So James Harden demands to be traded, so they cost, he costs <clears throat> James Harden. Um, then he comes back to Boston, where he says, when he gets here, says to the media, I just want this all to be over, I want to move on, I want to be done with this. 
and after they win the game, proceeds to go to the Celtics leprechaun in the middle of the court and stomp on his face very publicly. Um, some drunk and he's ass- not a tall guy. Nope. Some drunk asshole throws a bottle at him, which, you know, it's again, I don't endorse it, I don't condone it, um, but Kyrie turns that into this whole arena is full of racists, which, again, look at the Celtics roster. Mm-hmm. And then... He comes back and he starts flipping the fans off and telling them to S- suck his dick and all. I, don't, I forget, I don't have to filter myself here. Uh, tells the fans <laughs> to suck his dick and all this shit. The thing with Kyrie is that Kyrie brings every negative thing that happens to him onto himself and proceeds to blame everyone else for it. And I have no time for those people. I will say this for LeBron. Every negative thing that comes on LeBron, he'll own it. He doesn't make excuses for it. He he owns it. Like, oh, yeah, this was my decision. I decided to leave Cleveland and go to Miami. Like, I thought this was my best chance to win a championship. Cool. I, I don't have to agree with you, but I can at least respect that you're, you're being stand-up about your decision. No pun intended by the decision. Um, but for Kyrie, that's always what it is. It's, I'm going to do the dumbest shit that's going to get me the most hate and then I'm going to act like the victim and say I have no idea why all these people are mad at me. Dude, his own fan base in Brooklyn. It's like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, you, you missed half the season and then you got James Harden to leave town? And, like, when we don't win this year, you're going to blame everybody else? Mm. I, I can't. That, this guy's been... A, I was the only one who was not excited when he got traded to Boston. I wasn't. Because I didn't, I knew there was something fucking up with the guy. He's a head case. Okay, but like hold on, hold on. What did you give up in that trade? Well, I didn't know Isaiah Thomas's hip was hurt that bad. Okay. And um, and the draft pick ended up being was it Colin Sexton, who's yeah. okay, but all right. no big huge loss there. Yeah, huh? <laughs> sure. He's Is he now? Starter, Isn't Darius yeah. Garland starting in his spot now? Uh... I don't. I don't follow Cleveland enough to know. Okay, um, and then you lost Jay Crowder, who's a useful piece, but not much more than that. Right. Yeah, but I so... just didn't like Kyrie as a person, like even back then. Right. And now he's he's pulling all these fucking antics, and it's just like, dude, fuck off. And look, I I worked security at the Garden a long, long time ago, and you know what? If anybody was drunk enough to say racial slurs, they would throw him the fuck out. Like I'm not saying that top, that everybody who's yelled a racial slur has been caught and thrown out, but typically security doesn't put up with like vile, like really offensive shit. Even if you're if you're dropping f bombs, they'll tell you to calm it down because there are kids at the fucking game, right? Mm-hmm. Which is why I hate the fact that Kyrie's sitting there flipping people off, telling people to suck his dick. Like, dude, are you fucking kidding me? You're a professional athlete. Act professional. So the 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 trade. Uh, by the way, Colin Sexton was a starter, played eleven games, got hurt for the rest of the year this year. That's why that's why Garland is starting his place. I but, Garland uh, will yeah. still be starting in his place next year. Trust me. Uh, a Garland? <laughs> huh? <laughs> nice. <laughs> no, it, was, it sounded like you said Garland. No, you said Garland. You said Garland. Garland. You said Garland. <laughs> It's Dusty Rhodes. Uh, yeah, so, no, if I want yeah, to talk about Dusty Rhodes, baby, that's very easy so, to do. 
You said Agar Lid. <laughs> uh, Jay Crowder, Isaiah Thomas, Ante Zizek, and then Colin Sexton and Skylar Mays, which was the second round pick. I don't even know who the fuck Skylar Mays is, but it definitely sounds like a porn star. I was going to say. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's he's never even played for them. Got later traded traded to Atlanta, so and Zizic got traded to the Lakers, I believe. So mm-hmm. and then he's dead. Uh, so very quickly, so yeah, so, before, uh, before we move on to anything, because I know this uh, is supposed to be a wrestling podcast, but but nobody cares. It's the playoffs, and Jason, I I did want to ask you, given the fact that we went from Isaiah Thomas to Kyrie Irvin to Kemba Walker, who was the next person who was supposed to be like our all-star point guard for years to come. Did we have the answer all along by having Marcus Smart there? No. Now, I understand he's split in time. He's not like, you know. No, and, and I don't say no because I don't think Marcus Smart has had this in him, but I think he needed to go through that process in order to become the player, the sort of the, the unselfishness that he now has. Um, I don't think he was ready to be this guy several years ago. So that's fair. And now he's defensive player of the year. Shockingly, my Milwaukee Bucks uh, didn't lose the first game, which is kind of what they normally do in every series. They lose the first game. The media goes, are the Bucks done? And then they turn around and win four straight and take the series. So, starting off with a bang. <laughs> starting off with a win. Uh, it's good, too, because it is the Bulls. Uh, not that we particularly hate them, but they're still in the division, you know. Sure. Um, so, yeah. So, um, yeah, we were talking before the show about the fact that uh, if both of our teams win, which looks like is probably going to happen, um, that we'll be facing each other in the second round, and then there's going to be a lot of uh, hate and vitriol thrown between the two of us. Oh, uh, so. <laughs> we might have to do like a live airing of the games. Like just <laughs> yes, sure. Yeah, there you go. Um, so uh, I'm gonna do the whole rest of this show in Dusty Rhodes voice, baby, just for Astro. <laughs> Um, looks like I was a little incorrect, so we um, we haven't really had a chance to talk about it. But uh, everyone's uh, favorite drunk cunt, uh, Tammy Linsich, uh, formerly known as Sunny, <laughs> uh, straight up killed a guy a couple days ago when she pooted. Yes. So I the the original story was that she hit somebody that hit somebody else, and that person died. But that wasn't actually the case. Um, what it was was she was driving a 2012 Mercedes Benz, which was not owned by her, but instead her partner uh, James is, Pente. Hold on, hold on. Is there is, anything more thirsty? Like I want you to think I'm a big deal, so I'm going to drive a Mercedes Benz, but it's a 10 year old Mercedes Benz. <laughs> True. Also not hers. Uh, this other dude, James Pente. Um, she Pendejo? crashed in. Yes, she crashed into a 2013 Kia Sorento, uh, driven by Julian Lasseter, who then crashed into a she 2011. She crashed into Jan Ross on her Vespa. Yep. Uh, then crashed into a 2011 GMC Yukon, which was also stopped at lights. 
Lassiter, the driver of the of the Kia, was the one who was taken to the hospital and later pronounced dead. So I'm she sorry. did she did immediately kill the person that she slammed into to begin with. Um, the driver of the Kia is the one that uh, who's dead. Yes, we used to say back in the day, Kia stands for killed in accidents. <laughs> Lovely. Um, so right now they the police don't have are, good safety records, man. Okay. <laughs> Oh well, apparently you're you're backed up by this because this motherfucker's dead. Um, so uh, the police are still waiting on the toxicology report, which uh, <laughs> I think they need to. That bitch you know, was drunk. Yeah. Um, the family family of Julian Lassiter is suing both Tammy Sitch and her partner James Pente. Um, it just says they're seeking in excess of thirty grand. So I don't know how much more than that, but at least it's more than that. Um, obviously, they're claiming that not only is uh, Tammy a fucking idiot and killed their family member, but James Pente also allowed her to be drunk and use his vehicle, and then that caused a vehicular homicide. So um, if the... And they paid $20 a month for her OnlyFans based on pictures of her when she was in the WWE. Right, exactly. Uh, so I was I was going to say if when the toxicology report comes back and she's fucking drunk off her ass, if the police want to, they could also charge Pente because of the fact that he willingly Is let her drive his vehicle. Pente Oscuro? Uh, it's P N T E. <laughs> I don't know if it's Pente Oscuro or if it's. Uh, <laughs> Pente LCO Merte, whatever the fuck he's called now, Penta M, whatever. So yeah, um, who who didn't see this one coming? (laughs) Come on, the driver of the Kia. Well, yeah. yeah. Um, I I don't know the exact details, but was she still on probation? I just told you all of them. No, no, no. was she on? Was she still on probation from her last DUI? Of course. Well, then she's isn't she automatically going to jail if they charge her? Because it's a violation of probation, right? Again, when it comes back, back the toxicology report, yeah. then they can do it. Right now, they can't do anything because they don't have, other than the outstanding visual proof, they don't right. have <laughs> the rest of the proof. Um, yeah, it's not good. Um, but this is. Uh, for for people who don't understand, in in America, uh, particularly in certain states, you can rack up fucking DUIs like you've got a scratch card, and your thirteenth one is free. Like there, the the laws pertaining to operating vehicles while intoxicated are not good, to put it lightly. So. So now, if the fans want to hear you talk more about Sunny Troy, where can they go to the archives and check out your review of Sunny's porno? Rundownwrestling.com. <laughs> uh, so, Tammy was arrested January 13, 2022, for unlawfully possessing a weapon and making terroristic threats. Somehow, was released the following day. <laughs> Queefing with intent to injure? Yes. Oh my God. Uh, and then was arrested a month later 
charged with 11 driving offenses, including DUI. Uh, she threatened to murder an intimate partner with a pair of scissors. So she, so she did this. She killed this guy while she's currently on trial, facing 11 years in prison for threatening to, to kill this Pente guy with scissors. <laughs> she's still got that pending on her, too. Um, she was in uh, in 2020 allegedly eluding a police officer violation of domestic violence restraining order because she is the domestic violence uh, person operating a murder vehicle during a second license suspension um, and then was released uh, about a year later due to a court order so there, there's no reason this country should be walking the streets at this point, at all, but she still is. <laughs> um, yeah, so she's she's clearly still on probation. She's currently facing charges <laughs> of attempted murder, and now could be facing charges of actual vehicular manslaughter. So, but guess what? She's still out there right now. She's not in prison. She's not in jail. All right. Um, yeah. Enough about that shit. Let's talk about some other shit. Yeah, let's talk about some other shit. We learned Kushida uh, had worked out the extent of his contract and decided that he was not going to resign, and he is electing to return to Japan and most likely New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, his he does still have a um, non compete clause uh, for the next. 90 days. No, 30 days. He was still in the next deal. So here, here's here's the dealio with Kushida. One bad, bad. One, fuck you, IWC. You haven't talked about this dude in a year. So all of you like claiming that is bad stuff. That first of all, WWE did exactly what AEW does. Kushida worked his entire deal. They just elected not to resign him, or he elected not to resign. Either way, I'm sorry, but dude is lost in the shuffle, you know? And he he never has really been a big deal in NXT, That's which kind of sucks. He was the Cruiserweight champion for a little bit, sorry. That, no, I mean, he had, a, he had a North American title program with Johnny Gargano, which was very big, and the match was fantastic. And sure. they never followed up on it. He had a series of fantastic matches of Roderick Strong. When we were talking black and gold times, this guy, it did, I will grant you, it took him a while to ramp up into using him. I mean, he was one of those people, like, when he finally had a takeover match, Ginger and I remember we had the conversation, like, holy shit, this is the first time he's been on a takeover. It took him a long time to get there. But once mm -hmm. they put him in that spot, he fucking delivered every time. And sure. then 2.0 happened, and they went, well, we got this fucking guy under contract. I don't know. Let's make him into a joke gimmick with fucking that other Japanese guy. It was it was it was pretty shitty thing they did to him, to be honest. Sure, sure. But there clearly was no. Uh, they they weren't going to be bringing him up to the main roster at any point in time. So probably not. No. Was... Um, but he he got to, you know, hang out in Florida. He got to have uh, he got to get paid. And he worked out his contract, and and there, I would assume that there's no hard feelings on either side. He's just it it wasn't going to work out anymore in WWE. 
so he can go back to New Japan. He'll be a big deal back there again because he was a big deal before he left. Um, so, and uh, he, I know he's definitely the kind of guy that fits in. Yes. If AEW could get him, he'd be a game changer. <laughs> he is definitely a guy that that fits in very well with their high work rates guys. Um, but again, I mean, we've we've already seen it. He he would debut in a weird angle and then be on dark in two weeks. Um, but yeah, like uh, you know, game changer. That's <laughs> true. He's a, yes, he'd be a game changer for sure. Um, I, you know, his size was going to hold it back in WWE. We knew it for a while. I mean, they once they once they completely scrapped the cruiserweight division collectively in WWE, it was like the writing was on the wall with him. Like, yeah, Vince isn't going to do anything with him. He's a guy who can't really talk, who's small, and he's, yes, he's really good, but he's got plenty been, of those guys. He'd have been one of the ninjas competing for the twenty four seven championship for sure. For sure. It's it's yeah, sticking him with Jacket Boy and stuff like that towards the end sucks, but it could have been worse. <laughs> Sadly, um, I liked Kushida. It's not that I not that I didn't like him. Um, oh, he was, that's where we are though. Yeah, where it's like it doesn't matter if somebody has a shitty gimmick or they're used awful because it could have been worse i hate that like i understand what you're saying but i just fucking hate that rationalization like we did a shit job with this high-end talent but hey Mm. we could have done a shittier job so what are you gonna do (sighs) yeah to to be fair i do remember back when you and ginger were doing nxt rundown that during the black and gold like you said it took him a while there was long periods of time where he was off tv for no reason they had no direction for him so it wasn't just 2.0 that was like the death of kushida's career in in nxt no but he was a big Um, deal by the time 2.0 started by the end of the original nxt and the start of 2.0 i agree with you that program with gargano was great i thought kushida was great i i really enjoyed it but um he's a if he got to the Super Juniors in Japan again, he'd instantly be yeah, one of the even, favorites. Even with that, it's like, how many times can you see the same thing over and over again before yeah. it stops being interesting? That's true. I was really hoping that... And part of um, why he left New Japan in the first place was he didn't want to be pigeonholed into being a junior heavyweight anymore. Right. Yeah, I I really wish that they would have been able to work out something with Alex Shelley and had the time splitters have a good run. Yes. Um, I in NXT, because yeah, they were they were good. I liked them a lot. I've always been a big Motor City, City Machine Gun fans, anyways. Mm-hmm. So seeing him and and Kush uh, team up with that was a lot of fun too. But actually, Impact yeah. would be actually a great spot for him if he wanted to stay in the states. Sure, for sure, yeah. But he's already said he's going back to Japan. So, um, yeah, uh, you know, um, yeah, we we sort of gotten pretty numb to this now. Um, at least this one wasn't a release, you know. Right. It was it was a. All right, I finished my time here. At least he didn't um, walk out in the middle of a match. That's true. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how that goes because they're not doing themselves any favors by continually fucking admitting to the fact that like, oh no, I was fine. I just you know, Matt Matt told me that you know, why don't you just leave? Oh wait, there there's potentially a lawsuit because of Matt, like. 
orchestrating a way for me to get on my contract. Never mind. It was my own decision. Never mind. Let's just let's not talk about that. Um, anything else that we want to discuss before we get into the shows this week? Uh, All right. Women's wrestling hey. is okay with pastry if it's on AEW. Uh, I'm okay with cream pies as long as it's on Pornhub. <laughs> just I don't know. I thought we were just making statements. Uh, <laughs> You're referring to the backstage. Well, not even backstage. Oh, maybe it was uh, segment with Thunder Rosa and Nyla Rose. Yes, uh, the. Um, I think it was three minutes out of the 11 that uh, Thunder Rosa's been on TV since winning the championship. Yes, that that segment. That's not <laughs> accurate anymore, though, because she was on Battle for the Belts for, like, half hour. So, Well, that was this past weekend, yes. Right. Well, that's why I said so, anymore. Yeah. So. Right, so now it's up to 44 minutes in uh, 16 hours of wrestling. Oh, it's not good. It's not good. <laughs> But yeah. to be fair, to be fair, I thought she pulled a, a, a pretty good match out of Nyla Rose. Of course she is. She's she's one of the best workers they have there, and they just don't know what to do with her. Yes. Like, here's, well, here's they don't the know how, they don't know how to book anybody. No, it's not just the women. That's best booker of the year, two times, two years running, sir. Sure. Or three years, whatever. Um, Except when I things do, go bad, then it's the fault of a thirty-year veteran. That's true. That's true too. Uh, just want to uh, to go ahead and say uh, we are working on um, revamping our Patreon. Patreon.com slash run on wrestling. Uh, you will start getting uh, shows a week in advance for some of our shows. Um, and you'll also be getting some live commentary from me over some shows uh, coming very, very soon once I actually don't have to be on a show one of these times. And <laughs> um, so maybe yeah, we could even work be... something when Mark Green comes out of retirement and calls a match with Troy. Imagine that. Oh, oh that would God. be great. You're, I mean, you would steamroll me though, because you are a professional and I am not. Well, you would <laughs> just be the you... color commentary guy. You'd be yeah, I was gonna say he'd make hand. you look great. True. That. True. I mean, if if we had if we had you doing the play by play live for a stardom event you wouldn't know any of the storylines but i would <laughs> so no it doesn't have to be good, so yeah. so here we go let let me cast the die there for the next three people who sign up for patreon you can pick a match any match that you like from any company and troy and i will do commentary on that match for you on patreon how's that okay so sure I like I said I. Or if I you prefer me and Sal or Troy and Sal, whoever you decide you want to hear do commentary on a match for you. I promise the fans, if you choose me and Jason, I will do everything in my power to be the Bobby Heenan to his Gorilla Monsoon. <laughs> <laughs> what you get out of here? I just I like I said I just don't believe that. I, I just don't believe I would be good at it. Well, I just then that'll be any... fun, too. Yeah, I'm sure it will be. So but, there yeah. it is. Next three people who sign up for Patreon get to pick one match, any match, any company, 
Now, keep in mind, it'll help help the product if I'm more familiar with it. But if you prefer something else, I will we'll do that too, and we'll have fun with it. We'll make you laugh. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Patreon.com slash Run on Wrestling. Go there, join right now. Um, I might have to alter, d- depending on um, on what we get in terms of like uh, um, newcomers coming in, might have to to change the uh, tiers a little bit. But right now, yeah, we you can go over there and check it out. Um, we do have some long-standing ones as well for like some merch stuff that uh, um, if you stick around for a long enough time and accumulate enough money that you you've donated through Patreon to us, um, you get some fun little things with our logo on and shit like that. Um, but yeah, in general, trying to put a further emphasis on it because you know we want to give back, but we we this this show here will always be free, open to the public. The mm-hmm. the main rundown show, Top Magic will always be free, open to the to the uh, to the public. Um, it's the it's the other stuff that you can get early access to and things like that. Um, specifically, like spot of NXT, and you know if we if we start bringing back any of the other shows like that. And I think it's important to let people know that like any any money that comes into Patreon, uh, we don't see any of it. It goes right back into hosting fees for the website and all that stuff that mm-hmm. we. That you know, we either pay out of pocket, or if you guys help us out, we we cover it with that. So we yeah. we don't. I at least I can say for a fact I've never taken a dime based off of money that's coming from the show. So we take whatever you guys give us and we put it back in the show to be even more entertaining for you people. Yeah, uh, specifically, uh, you know, um, the the money comes to me, and it, it immediately goes to our hosting fees. But also, if I have enough patrons. Uh, that's when I tend to do things like, you know, order some shirts and order some stickers and things like that and, and then try to send those out to, you know, to our fans. Um, so, yeah. So go ahead and, and head on over there and join today. Uh, you won't be disappointed. And if or you, you don't join, Sal is going to send you unsolicited dick pics. Yes. And not of me. <laughs> but of somebody. <laughs> nice. All right, let's get into it. What's the male uh, equivalent of a blue waffle? Ugh. <laughs> Jeez. Whatever Jared was packing these days. <laughs> ugh. Anyway. AEW. Yeah. What do you guys want to talk about from AEW? It's been a uh, year for AEW. Yeah. Um, yeah, they had three shows, none of which did over a million. Technically, they had five shows because <laughs> they had Dark and Dark Dark Elevator too. That's true. Well, we could talk about CM Punk completely fucking up his top rope Rana spot. Yes, CM Punk had a match with Penta and actually was enjoying the match until Punk completely fucking missed even getting his legs high enough for that Hurricane Rana, mm-hmm. and then everything just kind of went to shit. So here's here, okay. So listen, that spot notwithstanding, um, here's my issue with this. Like, I enjoyed the match overall. Like, end of the day, sure. I found it. It was an entertaining match. Here's my problem. It was a match just to have a match. Right. It was a match just so they could put these two guys on a poster next to each other. There was no build. There was no story. There was no stakes. There was nothing. It was just there to be there, and. 
I feel like, and we've criticized WWE for doing this in the past, I feel like, why are you burning through these potentially special first-time-only matches just because? Because if you're Tony Khan, you're desperately trying to get people to tune into Dynamite? And that's that, a problem. And that's where WCW died when Bischoff got desperate and just started doing things to do them, like title changes, etc. That was when that company fell apart. Goldberg versus Hogan on free TV. Yeah, people still point to it. So, um, what would you say is a dream match in WWE that we haven't seen yet? I mean, currently the easy, well, the easy one is obviously Cody and Roman, right? Right. Mm -hmm. The American Nightmare versus the Tribal Chief, one hundred percent. Okay. Do you feel like we'll probably get to that eventually? Build to that eventually? Yes, and they will not do it anything shy of SummerSlam and or WrestleMania. And remind me, put a pin in that. Remind me because I've got I've got a little thing I want to talk about with Cody when we get to WWE stuff. Sure. Um, what uh, what dream matches do you, we have in AEW that we haven't seen? I mean, I would still love to see like you can give Daniel Bryan, Adam Omega. Cole. Yeah, sure. Danielson and Omega in with an actual finish would be great. Okay. But you're right that we have already Punk, seen that. Punk and so. Omega would be. Punk and Omega would be fine, especially yep, sure. if you put a story behind it. Right. Sure. So, um, CM Punk. Was was CM Punk versus Penta a dream match for you after CM Punk signed? No. Was that like one of the ones that you thought about? You know, all right, here's the thing. It may not have been a dream match after he signed, but there was a point in time few years ago where Penta was the hottest thing in wrestling and if you told me CM Punk was going to come back and fight him I would have been like holy shit that's going to be amazing so at one point I guess you could say it was a dream match sure Uh, Punk's been in AEW for what seven months now something along those lines like since September or August something like that how about Kenny Omega versus the only undefeated star in AEW Stern. Yeah, <laughs> um, I thought you were gonna say Jade. <laughs> has Punk faced any anybody in AW in the seven or eight months that he's been there that was a dream match for you? So here's the problem: once the match happens, if it doesn't live up to your expectations. It's hard to go back and say it was a dream match, but in reality, I'd say if you sat down and told people you were going to get a promo battle between MJF and CM Punk, people would have been, yeah, absolutely, that's a dream match. Sure. Okay. What I, what I'm trying to get at is uh, essentially one in the seven months that he's been there. We've had one really good CM Punk feud and match. I thought the Eddie Kingston feud was good. Okay. But I, I kind of get what what you're getting at because it's it, it's to me it's that way with Daniel Bryan. When Daniel Bryan signed, I pitched all of these amazing uh, matches he was going to have, and we've had we've had two. We've had Kenny, and we've had Hangman. Here's here's the little secret with uh, this the whole we haven't seen a lot with Daniel Bryan. 
Turns out he signed with AEW, and they realized he has a history of getting hurt. we got to be a little more protective of how we use him. Go figure. Yeah. Yeah. I just think that um, much like CM Punk's MMA career, he has been kind of overexposed. We we uh, I I seen a lot of people talking back in you know last October like oh he's he's facing these guys like Daniel Garcia and Matt Seidel and and Bobby Fish and, and it's because he he hasn't done this in a while and he's trying to get his reps up and now it's like he's out there you know still facing like Max Caster and Penta and you're like and and has he really looked any better? Than when he first came in, I don't a know. A little bit, I, yeah, I know, definitely that. a little bit. Yeah, yeah definitely. I enjoyed that program with um, MJF, to be honest. And to, the thing is, he's your double or nothing challenger. Yeah, probably. That, that's um, probably going to be the program. The thing that really sort of pissed me off about the whole thing is like, you watch a show like last week, and then it's like Dustin Rhodes, like all of a sudden, oh, I really want CM Punk, and let's give the people the dream match. They've not one person has yeah. ever said, you know what, before I die, <laughs> I gotta see Dustin Rhodes versus CM Punk. Not one person ever. Dustin Rhodes' own mother doesn't give a shit about that match, okay? Right. Let, this is, And this is sort of one of my big issues with AEW. It's just everything has to be so grandiose and over-promoted and overstated. Like, nothing is just sort of given space and organic it's just all and people talk WWE forces things down your throat all the time this company forces way more shit down my throat than WWE ever does yeah yeah because they don't let me decide what's a dream match they have to constantly fucking tell me it's a dream match yeah no you're right and they do it every week which is yeah to, to that point once again this Wednesday on Dynamite Tony Khan will have a major announcement can we start? Is, is the last one major still? What about the one before that? I mean, what next week, major next week Samoa point? Joe defends the Ring of Honor television title against Dalton Castle in a dream match. No, it's not. Yeah. It's just a match, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. You don't have to fucking overhype everything. Yeah, that's you know you think you think of guys like Bischoff. You think of, of guys like Vince, and and they're they've always been. It's better to underpromise and overdeliver than to do the opposite. And then you look at a guy like Tony, and everything is overpromising. Mm-hmm. Everything's a huge announcement. Like they they just keep reusing the same. Tony Khan makes a huge announcement. It's like, but here's the problem: is like. One of his huge huge announcements was, "Hey, we uh, we brought in Jay White for two days." That's not a huge announcement. <laughs> and then this uh, tomorrow, um, the huge announcement is probably going to be, "Hey, we're going to put on a show with New Japan." That's what the huge announcement is going to be. And like and and like you said, it's it's kind of the diminishing returns on it. It's like okay. How many times before it's like Tony Khan makes a huge announcement and it's going to be like, oh, uh, MJF's getting a title match. That's the huge announcement. Why? It could just be an announcement. It could just be Tony Khan has a, has an announcement, right? 
I mean, first of all, you don't have to do that in the first place. Just fucking announce stuff. <laughs> you know? Second, it's like, you, you yeah, have a roster. Yeah, why do you have roster. to hype it? That's a good mm-hmm. point. Like, just, if, if you write it into the show that, like, Tony Khan starts the show every week and it's going to tell you what's new yeah. or something, do it that way. And we And we know that the fans are burnt out with it. Those those little cards saying he's making a huge announcement are not bringing in any more eyes because they've been burned too many times already. I'm not. I don't sit there and I look at it and go, "Oh, he's making a huge announcement." And go, I gotta watch. No, because I know it's never been a huge announcement. You know, the one the the times that we've gotten like legitimate surprises, like Adam Cole showing up or Daniel Bryan, those weren't hyped with. Twitter posts about making huge announcements or things like that. Those just arrived. And while I while I really like Keith Lee, sorry, that's not a huge announcement, you know. And that even wasn't part of it. It was a mystery guy. Like I know that's another one of the 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 crutches that he's got is is somebody's facing a mystery person. You're like, all right, some fucking jobber. We know is going to lose because you're not going to have someone debut and and take an L the first time unless they're fucking. Uh, a black guy, um, or a black guy. Uh, it's you know, <laughs> it's just it's it's getting to the point now where it's like, it's to my in, in my opinion, Tony Khan is detrimental to AEW. Do you know what's really fucked up? For years, for years, wrestling would use the surprise uh, gimmick as a way to uh, raise ticket sales or, or raise pay per view buys or what have you. And when this company first started, they had a big surprise probably every single other week. And now it's gone to the point where nothing they do is big anymore. Like, they've burned through it all. In three years, they've burned through all of their, like, who can Tony Khan pay money to bring in? Sting, Punk, Daniel Bryan. Who's left? Here's the thing, though. Tony Khan, after less than three years, quickly understood what Vince McMahon understood a long time ago that people complained about, is that you can't sell tickets or draw ratings based off of a surprise nobody knows is coming. So he's that's why he now over-promotes every major announcement. But fans don't want that. Fans don't want to be every... Fans want, you know, the sting coming out of nowhere. Because that's that's that exciting moment on TV that pops you. And it's great for that exciting moment on TV. But when you're a business, you need to sell tickets. You need to draw ratings. And those surprises don't do those things. So people stop doing them. Or they do what Tony Khan's doing, which is to say, wink, wink, nod, nod, something big's coming. I don't, I'm not going to say it, but I want you to know it, you know? Right. Um... Here's the other thing. WWE has 27 belts. Right? And, like and and what's the thing that we hear about all the time? They got too many belts. Belts don't mean anything. They got too many belts. Even even though those are split between three brands. Oh, I know where you're going with this. So, so Troy, yeah. would you like to read me the list that I provided you of, of titles that have been defended on AEW in the past few years? I have to try to find that then. <laughs> oh, I can do it off the top of my head. 
Oh boy. You guys want. I mean, other than the world title, which is obviously. Okay, so, so here we go. Title. Let's count them. AEW okay, World, world Heavyweight. Yep. TNT title. Yep. AEW Tag Titles. TBS title. Yep. Women's Women's title. title. Yep. There's five. So those are your five staple AEW titles, right? Sure. Mm -hmm. Then they brought in the FTW title. Yep. Then they brought in... What was the next one they brought in after that? The The AAA... The the, uh, the AAA Mega Championship was there with Omega. Okay, yep. Yep, you're right. right. Then the Impact title. Yep. Then you had the um, New Japan... IWGP US title. US title, yep. Okay. Then you had the the Good Brothers brought the Impact Tag titles. Yes. There's five. Okay, so now we're at we're at ten now. Mm-hmm. And we're can, we're still moving. We ain't done yet. Nope. Um because we still have the Ring of Honor Heavyweight Championship. Mm-hmm. Yep. The Ring of Honor Women's World Championship, interim as it was. Yep. The Ring of Honor Tag Team Titles. Yep. The Ring of Honor TV Title. Yep. Am I missing any at this point? I'm trying to think if there's anything else from New Japan. I don't think so. I think they just did the United States Championship. Uh, let me see here. But still, dude, that's a lot of fun. Oh, the Triple A Tag Team Titles. Yes. Yep. So it's 15. 15 yes. titles have been defended on this show. In in less than three years. Yes. So that's a lot. And part of that obviously goes to diluting the AEW titles because the AEW tag team titles nowhere to be found. Um, they had they were a defended match. on the show this week. They were they were defended against Red Dragon in the second match. Most of the time, those belts are over on on Rampage. And yet, what was our main event of that show? The ROH TV title, which is their mid card belt. Right? It was a dream match. Sure, because one of the guys was asleep. Um, over on Battle of the Belts, the ROH World Championship, the World Championship, their main thing, couldn't main event that show. <laughs> well, it was too busy main eventing their B show. The ROH Dude. World Title? Oh, I think of the AEW World Title. No, no, the ROH World Title played second fiddle to the AEW Women's Title. While the TV title, their secondary title, was main event on their main A show. And they dude, the AEW World Championship played second fiddle to the ROH TV title. How the fuck does that work? How are you going to put Paige <clears throat> in, in Adam Cole on Rampage? Second, we had Samoa Joe... Game hold up his, yep. Hold up, hold up his belt. Next to Jonathan Gresham holding up his belt. Game changer. Which which one looked more impressive? <laughs> I'll give you a hint. It wasn't the world champion. <laughs> and uh, look, I understand 
that they put the TV title on Samoa Joe because of the fact that, like, they wanted to make him a Triple Crown champion for ROH, and, you know, you want to elevate that, and obviously then you, you know, um, you get that match where he takes it off of Suzuki and things like that. I understand all of that. But then don't put him anywhere near Jonathan Gresham, who is a quarter of the size of him. <laughs> yeah, th- it, we've discussed this before. Optics matter. And yeah. I thought Jonathan Gresham had a good match. I never, I haven't really watched much of him, but I thought he was pretty yeah. good. Gresham, Gresham is a phenomenal worker. The problem is, is that so far... And a phenomenal the, lover, if you read Jordan Grace's Twitter. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. Yeah, he's he is a, a great dude. He fits right in with the, that stuff. But he is made to look less than because Samoa Joe has been giving all of this fanfare, and he hasn't been. Gresham hasn't been given that fanfare. Also, how very WWE of them. Let me get this straight. Samoa Joe wins the ROH TV title that he's so long sought after, Mm -hmm. only to be interrupted by Jay Lethal and Sanjay Dutt with their new talent acquisition. Great Kali Jr. First of all, first of all, how very impact of them to have Samoa Joe get interrupted by (laughs) two other impact wrestlers. At least he didn't get kidnapped by ninjas. That's true. Yet. Yeah, fair, fair. Taz is still around, so you never know. Yeah. See, one of the things, uh, and and AEW has done a a really good job of of uh, introducing people and debuting people and and bringing in these these game changers and and showing them off in a really good way, a very positive way. They haven't done anything with them after that, but they but they know how to do debuts. This debut was terrible because they acted like this guy was something right which is not which wwe understands if their audience doesn't know somebody you get introduced to them you know you you, you they, the way that they introduce people is like the guy will come out and be like oh uh, cole this is so and so and you know and like they they introduce you to them you know, and AEW has always been kind of that, like, you're you're expected to know every single indie person. Like, Danhausen shows up, you're like, oh my god, it's it's him, I can't believe it's him. It's like, and you're just expected to know who the fuck that is, you know? Well, the, yeah. the, other, the other thing that AEW does that's really fucking annoying is all these, these guys appear that nobody, like, it's one thing when it's somebody like Adam Cole. Like, obviously mm-hmm. you know who Adam Cole is. But right. when, like, uh, Sunet Singh, is that the guy's name, something like that? Yeah. Um, when he debuted... What's that? I think it's Satnam. Okay, Satnam saying. So when he debuts, like, instead of, like, think back when Eligante debuted. I'm not making the comparison for any other reason than it just popped into my head. But Bobby Heenan, who the hell is that? Look at the size yes. of this guy. Yeah. Yes, yes, and, uh, yes. Somebody else, there was a famous one where Piper was like, The Undertaker. What is what is going on? Look at the size of the ham hocks on this guy. Like yeah. very famous, but the announcers are selling that they don't know who this guy is. How the mm-hmm. fuck does Excalibur know who this guy is? Exactly. But right. he does this all the time. Remember with Alistair Black, he's, uh, he's running through his litany of other names, like yeah. like he's completely him prepared. Ago, he was like, the end. yeah, yeah. It's it just you're almost no selling the gimmick the company's putting out there that this is a shocking like appearance. Yeah. Because you're clearly and that's the prepared other thing. for it. 
Anytime yeah. WWE introduced somebody like that, they did it with somebody that you were already familiar with and you were familiar with their shtick. Right. right. Harvey Whippleman comes out and he points to the back and out comes Giant Gonzalez, right? And it's like, oh my God, what is Harvey Whippleman brought in? Jay Lethal's not a manager. If anything, we'd expect Jay Lethal and Sanjay Dutt just to jump Samoa Joe. Well, and you you have those two guys out there. Just have one of them grab a mic, and sure. while they're doing and while they're doing the beatdown, explain who the fuck this dude is. You know, sure. because what I I can think of is like, um, think of the AJ Styles debut. Yeah. That's a guy that yes, people were more familiar with, but a large part of your audience wasn't. And there was that point where like Cole goes, I think. I think that's, oh my God, that's ages. You know, it's like he doesn't know. Like he's like, is that? It, oh my God, it is. You know, like I recognize him kind of thing. Same thing with right. the Good Brothers. Even when just those look, guys, look at the guys behind Sal. When Ezekiel <laughs> shows up, everybody's like, he, well, he, he sort of. Who is this guy? He sort of looks yeah. like somebody I know. Like, mm-hmm. they're not sitting there blatantly calling it out. They're right, playing right. into. We don't know who the fuck this is. This yeah. is real. <laughs> you had you had somebody on the mic who was who who told you who he was. And then he himself right. grabbed the mic and told you who he was. You know, yeah. like yeah, sometimes you need to to tell people who the fuck you are. You know, and yeah, like you said, if it, if it's a matter of this big motherfucker, which like yes, I understand he's big, but how com- what a complete deviation from what AW is at its core that this guy showed up. Because okay. he's so not said, a high how very, how very yeah. WWE of them. So, so we've already a... talked quite a bit about Saddam Singh, but I think we're missing the most important thing about this debut. Mm. Troy? Yeah? Rate that dick! Hold on, let me, let me look him up again. I mean, he is like very <laughs> tall, so... I have I'd to see that. You'd feel really I... bad for the guy if he wasn't proportionate. So he's a he's an Indian uh, professional wrestler. He was in the NBA. Um, I'm just seeing if he's got gigantism. Hold on. Um, <laughs> it makes a difference. I need to be educated if I'm going to be rating dicks here. All right. Fair. See, that's so the kind I, of commitment you get on this podcast. That's right. So I, I apologize that I am not... Um, I am not somebody who knows how an Indian dick normally looks. Brown. If you catch my drift, like well, I, get that. <laughs> I understand that. But you know, you, you know, there there are certain races that have certain stigmas to their genitalia. I'm gonna say he's a big dude. He's a basketball player. It was it was probably if he was if he was playing basketball. Against Earl Boykins, it was probably hitting him in the chin. Um, so I'm I'm gonna say probably Nate. Okay. Anyways, um, yeah. So so yeah. So not only did we get a moment where we can't, we again can't let anything breathe because Smojo's instantly interrupted from his like big time fucking win. Like the the first, you dream know, match. he's yep dream match. He's finally back. He he beats uh, an old man to death and. <laughs> Wins a title he never won in his in his career, immediately just gets beaten down. Not only that, gets clowned. Yeah, those guys came out and flipped him off. 
Yeah. And like made him look like a bitch. Some of you may not have seen it because they had an overrun, which TNT didn't adjust on people's DVRs Oops. on their listing. So, um, and the other thing that it, the whole scene feels very disjointed to me. Who is supposed to be the main, you know, antagonist in this situation? Is it Jay Lethal? Isn't he like the star, the Mr. ROH? It's 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 Sanjay. I've never been a star anywhere I've been. Dut. Uh, you had that aspect, and then you have uh, the seven footer come out there, and it's like, where does the heat go? You know what I mean? I don't hate Jay Lethal for delivering the lethal injection. So, as, as Astro's favorite Dusty Rhodes would say, with the money, baby. <laughs> I would assume that it's supposed to be the put over this big motherfucker, and they're going to WWE the hell out of this and put the TV title on him eventually. Right? Fuck! Like I thought the whole point was to put over Jay Lethal. Like, well, I thought the whole point was to bring bring back professional wrestling. Well, this guy's not a professional wrestler. I'm sorry, he's not. No, not not in the way that AEW likes to pretend that their wrestling is, and they're not sports entertainment. This is a guy Uh who can't fucking move. Okay, he doesn't fit their style of wrestling at all. And even You're feel even, really stupid when he breaks out his 450. I know. Right? <laughs> but even but even taking and I'm just away, talking about his dick. Yes, but even taking away that aspect, the, even the guys that are, are guys like Wardlow and Samoa Joe that are hard hitters, they still move better than this guy. Oh, 100. percent And that's and that to me is just like. Any any time that you guys have sat there and said you're not sports entertainment, you're professional wrestling, and blah 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 bullshit and some of that, like fuck you, here's Satnam Singh. <laughs> like, yeah, that's exactly. Yep. We've already discussed Satnam Singh way more than Satnam Singh deserves to be discussed. <laughs> oh, I I know it. I know it. I do. So we um, did briefly mention Adam Cole versus Adam Page. Well, hold on I, before we, because I got a couple things from Dynamite. Let's just run okay, through. Okay. Let's just take care of that, and then we'll get a move on to Rampage. Yeah, it's fine. They they push the the AEW World Title down the card on on their own show anyway. So. Yeah. I mean, uh, Jurassic Express defeated Red Dragon, so I guess Red Dragon's buried now because they lost the title match. I guess. Okay. Uh, MJF lost to Captain Sean Dean again in a match yep. that uh, Tony Khan said was on a pay-per-view quality card. If yep. this match is ever on a pay-per-view, I will never watch AEW again. Um, that said, I will give MJF credit because that moment where the referee is counting to nine and MJF comes out and says, I will triple your salary if you do not count to ten. <laughs> Was really sort of some something I hadn't seen before. I thought it was kind of cool. A nice little touch to the story. Um, it is getting repetitive with Wardlow just coming out and interfering. And I think we all saw it coming. So yep. Yep. Uh, very predictable there. Uh, I really don't give a shit about anything to do with the Jericho Appreciation Society. So they can fuck all the way off. Um, one of the things I wanted to talk about was how AEW continues to elevate women's wrestling by putting Marina Shafir and Sky Blue in the ring on live television. Troy, your thoughts on this? That was Divas era level of quality in this match. First of all, there was maybe five moves done in the two minutes that they were there. Second, Marina Shafir just sort of fell on top of Sky Blue a bunch, which sounds like it would be hot because, you know, Sky Blue is a very attractive woman. Marina Shafir is fucking really strong. 
Um, but holy shit. And again, <laughs> we're doing this going, hasn't it been like a hundred days since Ruby Soho was on Dynamite? Yeah. <laughs> and, this, and this speaks to the arrogance of AEW fans, and particularly AEW management in the form of Tony Khan, to have this constant belief that we can take people who couldn't wrestle and just stick them in our ring and all of a sudden they'll be good. Mm-hmm. I'm, and I'm glad you said that because if we remember when she was with Jessamyn Duke on NXT, she wasn't good there either. No, and she and, was there for years and never really got a regular role as a wrestler on TV. And there was probably a fucking reason for that. Yes. Same thing with Brandy Rhodes, and they and continued Ty to put Conti. her in the ring. Right. And, and, and for some reason, it, it does seem very exclusive to the women's division, where he's taking these people that. WB tried with them. They just don't have the talents. And they still don't. And he's putting them on dynamite. Right. It's, it's, what the fuck? You're getting the results you deserve from that. Yeah. Not, not any of that. But it has their... AEW has done one thing. And what they have done is shown that, you know what? A lot of those releases, WWE was probably right to do. Because, yeah. Like, a lot of those, like, oh, they're, like, young and promising. It's like, once they were out of the performance center, once they were away from the ring the, the ring uh, crew and the road agents and things like that, and the guys that can make them look good, and they were out on their own, they sank. Mm-hmm. Hard. Yep. Um, apparently... We're supposed to be shocked that Taz came down to manage the guys that he manages during their match? Yes. That was very weird and out of nowhere. I don't know why they booked it like that. It, it was like, oh, well, what's Taz doing here? And I'm like, I don't get it. And we, Granted, I actually thought that was a good match. Yeah, I enjoyed right. that match. Uh, Ricky Starks continues to impress me. Um Keith Lee is not impressing me in AEW, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. He's really and, not. Swerve sure looked good. And this is not an anti-AEW thing, because I was a huge Keith Lee guy. I was pissed when they released him. Right. Uh, to his credit, Swerve, Scott, uh, Swerve Strickland looked good. Huh? Well, yeah, of course. Um, but yeah, no, it didn't, it didn't make any sense to me why they were doing this angle with Taz. Like, it just... I don't know. So... Uh, we covered the main event in great detail at this point. So. Yeah, right. So, uh, last thing for me on AEW. Um, Dynamite. Sure. Wins and losses matter, right? Yes, That's what we've absolutely. been looking at AEW. So, I just, I just wanted to go through the people who are undefeated. Okay. It's Sting! And Tony Jade! Storm. Tony Starr, who's had one match. <laughs> Take that for what you will. Uh, Paige Van Zandt, who hasn't wrestled yet, and Jade Cargo are the only three women that are undefeated. Okay. That's fine. No worries, right? Uh, let's see. Swerve Strickland is one and one. <laughs> He's not undefeated. He's new. Sting, nine and all. Oh. Uh, Samoa Joe, one match, again. Uh, let's see here. Paul White, 3 and 0. Oh, for fuck's sake. Three? <laughs> yes. <clears throat> um, I, I knew they fed him a couple guys before he had that pay per view match with QT Marshall, but. Yep. Um, 
Then you have Jeff Hardy, 3-0. He just showed up. Mm-hmm. Hook, 6-0. And he's making his Dynamite TV tomorrow. Uh, Dan Housen, who hasn't wrestled yet. Uh, Buddy Matthews, who's 2-0. Only on Dark, by the way. He has not appeared on, on in a wrestling match on Dynamite yet. And that's it. I have a question for you about Sting. I'm not sure if it shows that what you're what you're looking at there, but has he had a singles match in AEW? Has Stang had a singles match in AEW? Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> Everything he's done has been trios or tag team. He has not had his singles match. But he's, I don't know. But he gotta keep, I was going to say, got to keep him strong. Yeah. Which which at least makes sense why he's not on the rankings sure. for singles guys, because he hasn't had a singles match. <laughs> but it doesn't make a whole lot of sense when there are other people who have better records and things like that. Um, other than, of course, you had where fucking uh, What's-Her-Face... Uh, Maria Shafir. Oh yeah, Maria Shafir is undefeated, isn't she? Five and zero or whatever like that. But it's but it's been one match on TV. <sighs> yeah, it's not good. Sorry, man. Is somebody promoting wrestling shows in our Twitch chat? Are they? Uh, apparently. <laughs> hmm. I don't know who you are, Necro Eric. It's an interesting name. Uh, maybe. Maybe. Saturday Bloodstorm Pro Demon Manufactured. Okay. Did you I'm use not... a tag when you posted this or when you went live that had like wrestling or something? Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, I'm not seeing anything that bad with that, honestly. No, it just made me found it funny. Yeah. It looks like a good card, actually. Anyways, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I said, is it, does it, how does it stack up with the next Brew City Wrestling card? Just uh, you know, I haven't I haven't actually actually peeped them out in a while, so I can't uh, I can't say for sure. But you know, mm-hmm. all right. So are we ready to move on to Rampage? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So here's my problem with Rampage. We're making a big deal. Out of this Blackpool Combat Club. Mm-hmm. And they're going 50-50 with the fucking Gun Club? Mm-hmm. This match should have been them systematically destroying the Gun Club. They should have tortured them and hurt them and made it painful and then got a quick submission and left. You're 100% correct. <laughs> they haven't done that with anybody, though. They refuse to make anybody look dominant. And it's weird, because they're trying to play him off as dominant. Like, oh, the Blackpool Combat Club, the most dangerous human beings that ever assembled. You sure? Clearly not. Like they were struggling with fucking Austin Gunn. Struggling. I mean, yeah. let's, let's not forget that, you know, the... The House of Black is supposed to be this dominant force, and and then they lost like their first match together. I was like, just gonna they, say the House of Black is another Del one. Sol. 
Yeah, they're feuding with Fuego Del Sol, which I love it. People were still trying to to argue with me when I said that nobody in AEW is is higher or is in a better position than they were with WWE. And they're like, look at Black. It's like he's feuding with a twink jobber. Like, no, he's not in a better place. When he's on TV, win. I haven't seen. <laughs> he gets to do spooky promos. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you know what? Akira Tozawa's on TV every week. Doesn't mean he's he's in a good position. <laughs> uh, Robin so Renegade we, lost to Ruby Soho, right? Yeah. Yep. Sorry, I saw you had more about the... Uh, no, actually, show. I was going to move on right to the main event. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. Uh, Ruby Soho got on TV, did nothing meaningless, did, did nothing meaningful. Oh, was that an Owen Hart qualifier? I don't even know. Maybe. Yes. Oh, do you want to talk about the Owen Hart song, Troy, and the choice of phraseology? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, Jesus. So, yeah, we, uh, I'm not, I'm not going to rehash everything. We, we talked about it before, about how, how it's kind of gross, how AEW is treating this Owen Hart thing. Um, putting out shirts and, and, I, I get it. They say like it's you know like all the proceeds are going to um, to Mar yeah well to to the Owen Hart Foundation over that. And it's like yeah okay, but you're saying like uh, that that's the the like proceeds thing is a way of saying that like just whatever's left over is going there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not a portion of proceeds goes to right <laughs> exactly, and it's like it's like so. If you're going to do like a charitable charitable thing, you go. We're going to eat the entire cost of this of producing these shirts, and then all the money that comes in from the sale of it goes right to the church. That's the proper way to do this kind of thing, you know? Because they because then you're but otherwise it's just like so if all you're doing is selling shirts and like covering your costs on things, which part of that could be salaries and or or licensing fees and stuff like that that could go to yourself. You could work that in there, and that's a little shady to me. So, you know, we can we can discuss that. Um, we can discuss the fact that they continue to kind of pretend that Owen Hart is like synonymous with AEW. But uh, the big thing was is that Owen Hart has a theme song coming out tomorrow. Well, it's, it's uh, or, his classic AEW theme song, Troy. Yes, his classic AW theme song. Um, <laughs> of course, the, this this spawned a bunch of people being like, "Oh my gosh, like he's going to get such a pop when he debuts to this uh, <laughs> game changer." Yes. So the uh, AW music. He'll be hanging from the rafters when he debuts. Yes, AW music uh, put out Jesus a tweet Christ. yesterday, um, which of course is is Mikey Ruckus who does all their music. Uh, for the song Legacy, Owen Hart AEW theme. <clears throat> Dropping Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Eastern for early direct download, Legacy, the Owen Hart theme. Grab your copy and your preferred audio file type before it hits streaming platforms. Dropping Wednesday morning. You, you just have to say releasing Wednesday morning or arriving Wednesday morning. Why did you have to say dropping? <laughs> I think releasing Wednesday morning is your thing, isn't it, Troy? Yes, it is. 
By the way, by the way, they have never used that terminology on any of their other announcements. Jesus Christ. Everything else is available now. Blah, 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 the brand new theme for Tony Storm. Available now. Blah, blah, blah. Like, they have never used the dropping this day. <laughs> like, I almost felt like that's got to be intentional, right? <laughs> I mean, at least they didn't I don't know, say but dropping as a this day with impact. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. as a promotional tactic, it falls flat on its face. Oh, gosh. Uh, here you go. Coming to all streaming platforms Friday. AEW Instrumentals. Why couldn't you use that <laughs> for the ONR tweet? By the way, it's still up. There are thousands of people who have been like, really, dude? <laughs> on their their replies. They have not changed it. Well, it would be Khan easy never to. took down the message about Big Swole either. They don't give a shit. That's true. Yeah. There's oh sorry, there's a there's a hundred people that mentioned it because it's just the AW music thing. But still, like <laughs> I said I just love it. You really can't mention Owen Hart without also talking about uh, his long outstanding history with AEW. You literally can't spell Owen Hart without AEW. Uh, <laughs> just it's so fucking sad. Like, remember, Martha's whole thing was that she she refused to let WWE profit off of Owen Hart. That's true. Now, I haven't seen if this is going to cost anything, this song. But it's like, uh, downloading it typically means that it's going to cost yeah, something. Yeah, if it ends up costing anything, my expectations just go splat. You're just gonna keep fucking hitting this and hitting it and hitting it, aren't you? Jesus <laughs> Christ! Hey, speaking uh, of Jesus Christ, Friday was Good Friday. That's a good segue. And uh, during the uh, Adam Cole Adam Page match, uh, Adam Page wrapped a crown of barbed wire around Adam Cole's head, and then hung him upside down before driving him through a table. And a lot of people took offense to it. And I'm sure Tony Khan was like, what? I don't get it. What, what's the problem? <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. No, no, no. No, he went. I don't know what's the problem. I like this. This is a cool move. It's a cool move. I like cool moves. I like cool moves. You like cool moves? Who can we sign? Who can we sign? Who's debuting? We should debut someone. No. What what Cokehead did instead was he went, hey, you. Come on. Come on over here. Come over here. Come here. All right. I want you to stand right here. Okay, you see that bus right there? That's going to run you over. Because he literally said, well, I, I spoke with somebody with 30 years of, of, of Catholicism knowledge who said it was okay. He passed the buck on it and literally said, like, he understood that there might be an issue with it. Asked Did somebody. he do that for that? I know the 30 years thing was on the Satnam Singh debut with the lights off, lights on. Did he do that, that for that? That, that was, he did it for both. He did. I don't think it was thirty years for the fucking Catholicism, but he but he mentioned the fact that like he talked to people about it. So it's like if you have enough wherewithal to ask people, is could this potentially be offensive to some people? You probably just shouldn't do it. Yeah, that should now, tell you all you need to know. Exactly. I am not one that was offended by it. I don't get easily offended by stuff. I'm not super religious. It really didn't bother me one way or another. And I grew up in the when you know Sandman fucking crucified Tommy Dreamer, so a Raven which, crucified. 
which got a lot of fucking heat yeah, at the time. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, but you also have to be smart enough as a business owner and a businessman to understand that there are certain groups that just don't take jokes very well, and that's one of them. So Look, when when you make your audience primarily dominated by people in the South, they have certain views about certain things, and God is definitely one of them. Is what it is. Sa- Sa- uh, Sean Ross Sapp's girlfriend apparently took to Twitter afterwards to talk about how oh. You're all going to get upset about this and pay no attention to the fact that WWE does something called Hell in a Cell on a Sunday. Yeah, completely fucking different what things. The fuck? But that, but this is completely different is the, things. Yeah, this is the AW way. It's wow. well, That's they did this. They did this that was bad, so it's okay that we did it that was bad. Right. That's what it always is. Because fed batter. Yeah, that's what it always is. It's always a deflection on it. It's like, oh no, 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 like they they did something worse. Like anytime, anytime AEW gets any kind of criticism, what do you get all the time? Well, at least they didn't kill Owen Hart. At least they didn't, you know, continue doing a show after Owen Hart. They love to trot out the. They didn't kill him, but his new theme song drops on Wednesday. Yeah. But it's like it's like yeah, amazingly, a company with only, that's only been around for three years hasn't been able to get all the fucking skeletons in their closet that a company that's been around for sixty years has, you know? Right. But that's not the point. So like 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 Jason said, I am I am also somebody I am agnostic. I am not I I am not a religious person at all and everything like that. Um, I don't get offended by that shit either. But it was it was specifically supposed to to invoke feelings because right. they called it they they literally called it on commentary a crown of, of fucking barbed wire so they knew they knew what was going on right and again it's like you you sit there and you go why would they have adam page do that that's a very heel thing to do to like mock uh, another person's religion, you know, and that's what he was doing essentially was mocking religion by making Adam Cole, I guess, a Jesus-looking sacrifice. I don't know. It did, the spot didn't make sense. First of all, that's that. that well, the spot was, the was stupid show. and reckless and dangerous and unnecessary. But right, fucking dead eye backwards through a table that you can't really see. Right. It's going to spike the guy on top of his head. Right. Um, yeah, to be clear, I personally was not offended by the, the, the barbed wire because I didn't even really notice it at first. I was more offended by the fact that, like Jason said, he dropped Adam Cole on his fucking neck from the apron, and you can't see when you're jumping backwards. That was more offensive to me. Um, but then I heard you know a bunch of people were, were pissed about it, and I was like, I can't really blame them. Like, you did that on purpose. After he did that move, Enzo popped up from the curtain and goes, this is your leg, and you can't feel that. That's right. And it's it, so, like, Bischoff, uh, you know, took to Twitter and, and talked about it where he was like, look, I'm not offended, but it's a dumb spot, and it shouldn't have been done. And he's like, you know... When when we did something similar, not not exactly similar, but we did something in in WCW, it was stupid at the time, 
you know. And then Russo came out and said, like, hey, there's a reason why we used an Undertaker symbol instead of a cross yeah. when we put Stephanie up on a thing. Because we we knew even then. And it's like, that's in the Attitude Era. They didn't give a fuck about things. They even knew then, like, okay, we can't put them on a cross. <laughs> we'll put them on something that's very cross-like. It's a T. But we can't put them on a... Like, yeah, like... And it was on a free TV show. On a religious Wasn't holiday. On a religious holiday. Specifically on a religious holiday. And yes, I... Hell in a cell on a Sunday or like that. That's, that's fucking... No, I, that's and Taking the savior of, of the Christian, you know, Catholics and yeah. being like, let's mock him in a wrestling show during a death match. Right. They're not they're not doing a show on Easter calling it like putting Jesus back in the cell or anything of there in the ground or anything of that. Like they're not doing something that fucking like like terrible at all. Like like I said, the it was it was specifically Elimination like, Chamber will now be known as Resurrection Selection. Yeah. This, yeah, for all the fucking talk of like, oh, they're doing Hell in a Cell. It's like, yeah, you know what they don't do? They don't call it Hell in a Cell in Germany. They specifically understand that that specific area probably not going to take too kindly to that and have changed it. You know, but they also realize that like that's one small percentage of our audience. Guess what? A large percentage of your audience is is Christian or or Catholic. Yes. Exactly. And are probably going and, and are going to understand that's clearly a reference to that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like I said, I don't give a shit one way or the other. It is what it is. But it was stupid, and it was and yes, I can really understand too that it was fucking reckless as hell, and you couldn't even see the spot. No, it did, it didn't come off good on TV. So no, he put it, it around there, and then and then he hit Adam Cole from the camera the entire time. And, and let's not forget. We had blood, cause yeah, it's AEW show. Yeah, God, like I, I understand the notion of, it, and I will say there are certain scenarios where having a little color adds to the intensity of a match. Sure, hundred percent. If you do it all the time, it loses all that intensity and all that meaning and all that additional like. It's every week now. Somebody's got somebody's bleeding. Somebody's busted wide open every single week. There's nothing now. Cole uh, Page clearly got it the hard way because you don't typically blade yourself in the fucking chin, right? Right. But Jesus Christ! I and I believe Cole was attempting to bleed a lot more than he did, but that thing Pro- closed oh, up yeah. on him pretty oh, 100%. quick. I think he was looking for like Ric Flair, full crimson mask kind of stuff. Once he was. But um, my bigger thing is this is again we speak to this all the time. The Hangman page like this match was thrown together like a week ahead of time, and given a Texas death match stipulation, even though nothing in the feud has led to a Texas death match. Nope. Like Adam Page beat this guy clean as a sheet at the pay per view. Why is there any reason to have a Texas death match? 100%. 100%. And to do it, and then you're not even, you're not going to do it on pay-per-view. No, no, no. You don't even do it on Dynamite. You're going to do your heavyweight championship on Rampage? 
the show that routinely draws half, if not less than half, of what Dynamite gets. I understand the idea that you want to try to expand the audience, but you're expanding the you're trying to expand the audience at the expense of people seeing the biggest prize in your company on the line. I would have even given them a pass if you put this on Battle of the Belts, because you're trying to make that your quarterly, you know, in between pay per view show, and 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 it is your world title. Fine, but on Rampage, when you have these other shows, like you said. On dynamite, on Battle of the and you put it on Rampage. I don't get it. Would you Would you like to know the card for tomorrow's show? Uh, punk, well, let's see here. Punk versus Dustin. Or I could just give it to you. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, if you are not listening to this live, happy 420, blaze up. Um, for the the. 420 Dynamite. You have Tony Khan will make a huge announcement. Yeah. Hooks Dynamite debut. Dustin Rhodes versus CM Punk. Wardlow versus The Butcher. Doctor. We didn't even Rick talk ba- about that, but that's okay. It doesn't need to be talked about. <laughs> a in the first round of the Owen Hart tournament, Doctor Britt Baker DMD takes on Danielle Camella who is a NXT dropout. Uh, in the first round of the Owen Hart tournament, Kyle O'Reilly takes on Jungle Boy. And in the main event, in a coffin match, Darby Allen versus Andrade El Idolo. Idolo. And again, in a feud that does not necessitate a coffin match. In a feud that's not anything. Well, no don't forget, there. Andrade tried to buy Darby because he thought yes. he was for, a little midget for sale. So that means coffin match. Right. They've already played out Darby's coffin match. Yep. It took him less than a year, and it's already old news. <laughs> so you have <sighs> um, either... One half of your tag team champions is going to be bounced and not in the Owen Hart tournament. Mm-hmm. Or your game-changing signing of Kyle O'Reilly is going to be bounced before getting into the Owen Hart tournament. Most of these qualifying matches have been big-name guy versus jobber. Right. Why is Jungle those, Boy taking on Kyle O'Reilly? For those who don't know, Danielle Camella, former Vanessa Born, uh, Born in NXT. Oh, yeah. oh okay. Yeah, she uh, gets there. Those who don't know, Ansel. Yes. <laughs> Otherwise known as the girl with the big boobs, who is less of a wrestler than Aaliyah. Yes, but 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 better looking. Yeah, fair. Aaliyah's still sure. hot though. No, yeah, yeah. but the not that you would know it to see her on TV, because you know. Right. Yep, yep. Uh, all right, Battle of the Belts, real quick. We talked a lot about the women's title match already, I think. Um, yeah, I think Thunder Rosa did an, enough to, to make, a, you know, get a decent match out of Nyla Rose. Yeah, it was serviceable. Um, didn't really didn't really care for Jonathan Gresham and Dalton Castle, and I actually enjoyed both of them, but it was too much comedy spots for sure. a championship that's supposed to be about pure wrestling. Yeah, eighty-five elbows in the corner, misses and reversals. It was sort of like just hokey at that point. 
for me. And then, of course, the opening match, which was probably the most important for AEW purposes on the show. Uh, Sammy Guevara defeats Scorpio Sky because Cody had two title reigns, too, and we're going to get him off the record books. Yep. Scorpio Sky's TV title reign, which they assured us has been in the works for two fucking years, just gone meant nothing. Also, that winning streak they couldn't tell us enough about. Also gone. Despite um, the fact that 99.8% of that was on fucking YouTube. Yeah. Yep. So, is Sammy a heel now? No, because yes. apparently he teased going into the heel tunnel and then went into the face tunnel. Mm. Oh, yes, he's teasing it, I guess. And they also covered his ass because they were like, oh, he's fighting fire with fire because Scorpio cheated first. And I'm like, what the fuck is this booking? I don't know what I'm supposed to think about. They're Sammy doing Tavar. the slow heel turn. It's stupid. It's all he's already fully a heel. Yeah, the, the booking just hasn't nobody fucking up with it likes yet. him. I, I swear to God, yeah. he, he, I'll give him credit. I guess you could say on on one aspect, he's quickly him and his uh, girlfriend are quickly becoming as hated as Brandy and Cody were. So I guess he's doing that right, but. <laughs> I don't. I don't get what they've done with the TNT title. To, uh, to, they have completely devalued it. Is what they've done. It's it's amazing to me. Um, so let, let's let's go through it real quick, right? So Cody's your first champion, right? Yep. Uh, holds it for ninety-one days. Brody Lee beats him for it. Holds it for forty-six. Cody Rhodes gets it back for thirty-one days. Right. Uh, Darby Allen holds it for one hundred and eighty-six days. Miro one hundred and forty. Sammy Guevara for 87, Cody Rhodes for 32. And then, of course, uh, we have the interim title for a little bit there, but then eventually Sammy gets it. Holds it for 42 days, Scorpio Sky gets it, holds it for 38, and now Sammy Guevara has it. Scorpio Sky's title reign, which right now two years would be in the these works. two years in the works, is currently the... Uh, he will have held it for the least amount of time combined reigns because obviously even though Cody Rhodes and Sammy both had shorter title or no Cody reigns both of Cody's reigns were shorter, but collectively he's held it for more. Scorpio Sky had one defense. And that one defense he lost. No no. No, he beat Wardlow oh, he, oh, he in a match where every single person on the roster had to take a shot at Wardlow for him to win. That's true. <laughs> And then he immediately loses it to Sammy Guevara. Yeah. And then they tell wonder me, why we don't buy all that shit of uh, being planned so far out in advance. But, and, and they wonder why we don't buy the fact that the company cares about black people, other than Jade. They have one black woman who they're like, this is our Goldberg. She's amazing, even though she sucks. And everyone else is just fucking Greenberg. cannon fodder. Greenberg, yep, there's a go. Yeah. Not good. All right. Um, did we have anything else with AEW? Or can we? I, I, the only th- I don't have anything from SmackDown to really? talk about. <laughs> Not really. I thought uh, Orton's promo at the top of the show is fucking awesome. Let's sure. talk about that. Like um, I love and respect your family, but you two are assholes. <laughs> I I think it it was definitely a a situation during Orton's career where. It, he had to go through everything he went to to get to this point. But this is the best Randy Orton I think we've ever seen. 
promo-wise, uh, even overness with the crowd. Dude, the crowd is eating out of his fucking hand right now. Uh, this is possibly peak Randy Orton. <laughs> credit, I, I guess you credit Matt Riddle, but like he seems more, he seems to be enjoying himself more now than I've seen him enjoy himself in a very long time. Yeah, he's having fun with it. He's embraced this role. Like, I, I think there was probably plans at some point to split them, and he's just like, "Fuck that, dude. Let's just run with this. I was like, this is fun. I'm, I'm enjoying this. Let's just go with it." Um, and by the way, the match with Jimmy Uso and Matt Riddle was fan fucking tastic. Yeah, it was. They absolutely killed it. But other than uh, real that, quick on right, uh, nothing else on SmackDown. Real quick on Orange promo at the beginning, he said, "The big dog let the bitches off their yes. leash." Yeah. That was great. That was great. Fucking great. There was, uh, he recently passed 22 years on the main roster. Randy Orton. Wow. Did. Holy shit. They showed a, a side-by-side picture of him current day and his original. And it's like, that guy has the most consistent physique of anybody out there. Probably. He is still He's a little the same. S- at the beginning, but yeah. He, yeah, he maybe put on like 10 pounds of muscle and that's it. Yeah. You could so many other people you look at you're like, look at Triple H, he's a fucking tiny little twig, and then like all of a sudden he's fucking jacked at it. Like Randy Orton, I don't think you could ever look at him and be like, That dude took steroids. Like he's always been that same size. Mm-hmm. You know? And uh, the only thing difference was like he's got less hair up top, more hair down down to the chin, <laughs> and he's got more tattoos. That's about it. <laughs> but Well, like, I mean, you say he's never taken it, didn't he get busted for steroids and a wellness violation? Yes, you did. times. I thought no, he got busted for drugs. I think steroids at least once. Was it? I think so. It really um, would shock me if he did a cycle and got caught. But what are you gonna do? I think he was d- during that Eddie Guerrero run. I think he was running with Eddie at that time, and probably we all know we could. I mean, you could look at Eddie and tell where he was cycling at that point. Mm. Well, yeah. Um, oh, okay, yeah. Terrible. So it was. Yeah. Diana Bull, anabolic steroid. Okay. okay. So apparently, the his original one was his original one was was marijuana. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, then uh, then the second one, yes, it was definitely a steroid. Well, but I know why he gets along with Riddle so well. Right. <laughs> yeah. But he doesn't. But again, he he's not one of those guys like Brock or Eddie that you look at and you're like, okay, he's they're clearly fucking cycling off right now or whatever like that because it looked different. Or that or that time Triple H came back and he was just like, hey, he's got a little bit of a gut to him. What happened to you? Dude, <laughs> Where'd all your muscles go. <laughs> there was there was one point in ninety. It was ninety three when Hogan came back. Um, it was so noticeable. It wasn't even. Funny. Mm-hmm. He was yeah. like two hundred pounds. Um, anyway. So, Ralph. Uh, wait, just a couple things from SmackDown. No. Uh, what do we think of the Drew Gulak Charlotte segment? We don't. I don't give a fuck about Drew because, Gulak. Because if you did this segment the other way around and fucking Randy Orton put a fucking <laughs> clover leaf on Kayla Braxton, he'd have fucking a complete uproar. Right. Of yeah. course. But women uh, beating up men on the show is perfectly okay. I was kind of sad for Drew Gulak that that's where we're at at this point. I'm not because I don't like Drew Gulak, but also at least he's back on TV. Well, he was. Now he got his knee ripped to shreds, so he won't be on TV anymore. Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> but, um, like it's that whole uh, Stephanie syndrome. Like he's never going to get his heat back on Charlotte. He's just like right. a bitch. No. 
Right. Uh, speaking of which, uh, Mad Cat Moss, your new... I'm not talking about that. ...promising yeah. baby face. No? No, you're not buying it? No. Spenders, the whole... The punchline as his Fuck finisher? Him. No? Fuck yeah, I can't. <laughs> you know what? When uh, when he gets released, and, and you know... Like the stands will sit there and be like, WWE underutilized him or, or fucked him or whatever like that. The the smart guys like us will be like, Oh no no, they tried. This no. this was them trying with him. Like he 100%. they are giving they are giving him a shot. A guy that's been there for a long fucking time, by the way. Right. They're they are giving Riddick Moss a shot and it's probably not gonna work because Riddick Moss sucks. Yeah. So all this crowd talk- was there for it. Well, <laughs> they were probably drunk. Yeah, yeah probably. That's true. Uh, so so all, the talk of, all the talk of WWE not making new stars. Hey, Theory is our new U.S. champion. Hey. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Look, I, I, Look I, I, I don't have a problem with Theory winning the title. I don't have a problem with Finbel dropping the title to him. My issue is, has there been a U.S. title change that felt less important than this one? It was thrown together no, 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 this last was... minute, and it was done on TV in a match that nobody really gave a shit about, that barely got any pre-promotion. You do have a pay-per-view coming right the fuck up if you really wanted to do this and make it feel important. Seems stupid to me. What, what, what do you mean? All the all the heels came out of the locker room and hoisted Theory up as their new United States champion. This, See? Look at this. It's important. <laughs> I just... I. Obviously, I'm I'm uh, I'm hopeful that this is the this is the start of them because they have we they said cl- that when they put the title on Balor. We, I don't know literally, that I we literally sat on this show and said, "I'm hopeful that this means we're going to start elevating that title since we put it on sort of a name." Yeah, and they did yeah. nothing. Right. At this a certain is, point, we have to stop being hopeful and just recognize what we're being given. It'll it'll be the one after. It'll be the rain after this, or the month after this, I should say. Because because I'm sitting here and I'm go I'm going well. They they clearly like theory. They clearly want to push him. So you would think they would think that that would coincide with making the championship look you know more more important. But yeah, I'll, I'll lose that optimism pretty quickly. Uh, I mean, that and, being said, when has Vince got behind somebody like this recently? It's Trish been a Stratus. while. Oh, I was it's, about to make that same fucking joke. <laughs> Shit. That, my point still stands. It's been a while. So, if, if Well, at this point, Vince plans, McMahon would fall over if he tried to get behind anybody. What are you talking yeah. about? He pinned Pat McAfee at WrestleMania. Yeah, you say that, but Drew McIntyre two years ago. Vince wasn't behind Drew. Not like on TV. I mean, like you know. Well, Vince hasn't been Vince hasn't been on TV in a decade regularly, other than this. So if that that's that's just a. a, But that's what I mean. What was the last time Bret Hart got behind somebody on TV? Yeah, like that that doesn't make any sense. Like Vince has his people that he pushes. He pushed Drew McIntyre to the moon. You know things that he's pushing pushing theory right now. Like teaming up with him, like the guy, the the idiot. Didn't, shouldn't be on fucking TV in the first place. He's not. He's not helping Theory at all. The the thing that would help is if Theory just hits a fucking ATL on Vince and he goes away for good. That would be the only thing that would help Theory this right is, now. 
You said the right guy, but the wrong time period. This is the chosen one, Drew McIntyre. Right. That's true. Yeah. yeah. So, Theory, uh, Impact Except Fight Theory's Champion. not married to some batshit crazy hot former stripper. Not yet. <laughs> hey, in more important news, Rhea Ripley finally turned heel. This was so uh, annoying, because this was the exact same segment that they did with Nikki Ash, like, a few months back, yeah. just the other way around, where we all thought <laughs> Rhea was turning on Nikki, and they flipped the script, and Nikki turned on her, and now yeah. they did the exact same thing, except this time Rhea actually turned. Right. Yeah. It means but nothing. Hey. <laughs> but hey. They just did it. Here's the thing that we can finally say. Nikki Ash was right. Huh? <laughs> um, I'm looking more in the future for this. This could be Rhea versus Bianca at yeah. SummerSlam. Yeah, that's what I was well, thinking. And that's this, perfect for me. Yeah. This this also could be Rhea joins Edge's stable, which they have been subtly sure. teasing with us because uh, Rhea's been doing backstage promos with a purple light behind her, and that has been Edge's thing for a little bit here. So that I'm I'm. I'm down for. And plus, as we know, in the WWE, when you turn heel, you get hotter. I don't know how that woman could get much hotter, but oh, they'll find ways. a way. They'll <laughs> find a way. She will, um, I don't, she'll come out in fucking booty shorts next week, and, you, and everyone is just going to be like, well, my dick just fucking flew off and exploded. <laughs> the sad part is we're talking about Rhea, and, and rightfully we should be, but... Uh, do I give a fuck that Liv got turned on again? Like, I don't fucking care. I'm happy that Liv gets turned on. Yeah. <laughs> I meant, um, like, that she got beat up. I don't... She doesn't get any baby faces. Baby my, so, my opinion of, of Liv is I like Liv a lot, but you know what? I was also a Canyon fan. Yeah. Liv is is not at... As of Ooh, right now, deader than opinion, Canyon! <laughs> China, uh, the, but live to me. Look, she's young. She could definitely they they could turn her into a bigger star. But right now, she's about where she she should be on the card, in my opinion. She is she is a mid carder. She's not I, somebody that you're going to propel to the main event. I think the worst thing that could have ever happened to Liv Morgan was Sarah Rowe coming back at the Royal Rumble. Really? Because to me, I watched that after the Rumble backstage promo where Liv looked absolutely like someone that has no ability to stand on her own. She was so mm-hmm. codependent yep. on, and she is that way with everyone they attach her to. She, mm-hmm. she, has the, she has this inability to stand on her own. She had to be attached to Becky. She had to be attached to Sarah Rose. She had to be attached to Rhea. She had to be attached like Ruby. Ruby. She's just one of those people that isn't strong enough as a competitor or performer to stand on their own, and it becomes blatantly mm-hmm. obvious when you look at her next to a stronger performer. Yeah. So I don't have a problem with her, with her getting turned on again. Yeah, that's great. Never have a problem with that. Yep. Never have a problem with that. No, I I have no problem with them using. Oh my gosh, I, I, I'm not going to be able to get this out without it sounding sexual. I have no problem with her using her in that situation where you're going to have Rhea go over her as a way to cement her as a, as a heel. Because that's kind of what Liv is. She She's not a main eventer. I'm sorry. And 
I, I don't care how this feud plays out. All I want is for it to have a fuck finish. <laughs> yes. As long as Rhea keeps pinning people the way she has been. Fair. Uh, I'm oh, good. Naomi was the latest one in SmackDown. That was... I was like rough yeah. and aggressive. I love that. Anyway. Which, which apparently, uh, it's apparently that's how Edge used to pin people too. He used to uh, like he did it like once it. or twice. He but. did it a couple of times, and people were saying that maybe that was part of like this this kind of subtle storytelling that she's going to join. Well, Edge Paige used to that. pin people like that too. When she was doing that overly overly sexual Paige character, I thought she did more of the like. I was gonna say she just mounted over them. them. Yeah, I thought, I thought she mounted them. I didn't think she folded them up like that, but I'm sure she did it a couple uh, times. But yeah, I, I remember her a lot more of like the slow crawling over the people to pin them. Right. But I'm sure she probably folded them up too. Hey, speaking of Paige, did you guys hear the rumor that she might be coming back? Which, which do you mean the? Yeah, it's been uh, every fucking month, dude. Well, because apparently her the latest that I heard this week was that her profile on on. WWE.com was moved to like the active section or something, but it lists no, it her as a free agent. No, it wasn't. <laughs> I try Google that shit. I will because it's been 500 days since she has appeared on WWE. But sure, well, the, the, because everyone looks at Daniel Bryan and Edge and goes, "Well, they did it, so she should be able to." But uh, every neck injury is different. Like, you know. Um. So I'm 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 scrolling. I'm scrolling. Uh, I've I've hit I've hit white. Hold on, there we go. Um, and and even if even if she was moved to the active section, I mean they have interviewers on this thing, so it, that wouldn't that would just mean that maybe they have decided to to use her again. But again, like she has said herself that like she's not cleared. She's not good, you know. She's she's trying. She's doing everything she can. If she was in AEW, she'd be wrestling tomorrow right. on Dark. But yeah, gosh, Electra Lopez has got some great tits in her picture. Uh-huh. Anyways, um, you didn't have to say in her picture. So, yeah. <laughs> so they haven't updated some of the names. Uh, that we have in here because I see Casey Catanzaro and Kaylee Ray are still listed there, and uh, Mace. What do you mean? Too. Their names have changed. They're not Casey and Kaylee Ray anymore. No. Um, what are they? Uh, Casey Catanzaro is uh, Katana Chance, and Kaylee Ray is Alba Fire. Uh, Paige is exactly where she's always been. On the main roster page, listed as a free agent. They, she's, she was never moved to the alumni section. People people say that all the time. She was never moved to the alumni section. She's always been right there on the page, always with a. If the if it suddenly had like a Raw or SmackDown logo on it, I would totally say, "Hey, something's up." Right. But this is this is the same fucking website that had Xavier Woods listed as the first person in the alphabetical list for three weeks before finally changing him back to <laughs> being at the bottom. So, yeah. No, like I said, they, they would only move her around if after she came back. But right. no, she has, she has been exactly where she's been the entire time, sitting right on the active list, because she is technically an active member of the roster. She's just not used because she can't wrestle. 
Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, Jason, did you have something to talk about with Cody Rhodes this week? It's not even so much this week. Um, I've been probably on this show the biggest fan of Cody over the last few years. Um, I was the one that told you he was always secretly working for WWE, which obviously clearly now has come to fruition, and everybody else has now realized the same thing. Um, but that being said, people are going crazy about you know Cody's return and everything, blah, blah, blah. It's Cody, Cody, Cody. And I like Cody, and I think Cody has a lot to offer in this role. Oh, my God, take a drink every time you say Cody. But the issue here, <laughs> the reason people are excited isn't Cody. The reason people are excited is because for the first time in a long time in WWE, you have the potential for new stuff. New matches that you haven't seen in a while. New programs. New face-to-faces. There's that feeling of, ooh, this could be something really cool and new. And you didn't get that for the longest time with those NXT call-ups, because despite the fact that it was cool and new they were on a new brand, they were never on a new brand as a top guy. Cody came back in a top role facing the biggest names, and it feels like there's a whole bunch of new exciting shit we could see. And that is why people are going crazy for Cody. Sure. I think there's something to be said for that. Um, I was a big critic of Cody's character on TV for the past year because I didn't like it. I thought it was very, very self-absorbed and and just gross. But um, I'll give him credit where it's due. I I really enjoyed his promo with Seth to start the show. Um, but I do agree with you. There's something to be said there that this is just because it's new. It's it's going to be hard to keep this type of um, fan approval for for a long time. Do you know what I mean? Like this could fade out pretty quickly if they don't do it right. Oh. <laughs> Brings me to my next thing. What's the next pay per view? Your mom. Ooh. It's a WrestleMania. Backlash. Uh, I think it's actually WrestleMania rematch. Because the so far the entire card is just rematches from from Mania. For a rematch after a rematch after re- isn't Backlash normally that? I guess, but I mean, okay, we're gonna do Edge and AJ Styles again. No step. No, I mean, yet, but still, like, why are we doing Edge and AJ Styles again? Like, it just doesn't, I don't know. It just feels, like, very mailed in. So, like, the majority of WWE events? See, that's my issue, is we saw how good WrestleMania was. So we we know when they want to put their foot on their gas, they do. Which is doubly frustrating, because that means 90, 90% of the time they just don't feel like it. So I'm just looking through really quickly to see uh, yeah. It's like 2018 Nia Jax Alexa Bliss was a rematch. Uh, Styles and Nakamura was a rematch. Uh, that one was different. Seth and Miz was a rematch. Like they do it quite often. 
It's nothing. It's really nothing new. Uh, I mean, it's it's right in the name. It's it's WrestleMania Backlash, and it's sort of supposed to be that way. Um, well, it was last year. I think last year was the same kind of thing. So oh, we get we get Cody and Rollins. Is that again at at Backlash, or is that next week on Raw? No, that's at Backlash. Okay. Um, Flair and Rousey for an I Quit match is, is a rematch. Yep. And uh, Edge and Edge is to uh, and the Usos is a new match. That's the that's unification true. match at Backlash. And that's only four matches that have been out so far. So, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, like I said, it is what it is. It's, it's nothing new that they haven't done before. But, I mean, I know that doesn't make it good. It doesn't make it uh, anything. But there's at least... At least with uh, Edge and AJ Styles, they are progressing the storyline a little bit. Like that—that that was a match that ended in uh, Styles getting screwed. So there's sure. a reason for a rematch now. Cody versus Rollins, not really a reason for a rematch. Like right. that was a clean finish. Charlotte versus Ronda, not. I'm, I guess because they took the referee out is the re- the reasoning behind it, but well, they're saying uh, that Charlotte tapped and she's like, "Oh yeah. no, I didn't," because the ref never saw it. So they're right. like, "All right, well now I'm gonna make you scream, I quit." Yeah. So I guess other matches. I mean, you might have Theory defend his title. You, I'm probably against Finn again, um, <laughs> just to rematch that. But at least that would be a new match that's not from WrestleMania. No, that would be on the guard. <laughs> <laughs> has a difference. Has a difference. All right. Um, I enjoyed Cody versus KO, by the way, but I should have figured we weren't going to get like a real finish. Well, no, because that is an actual like dream match, and so they're like, hey, you know what? We can revisit this view down the line and have them do an actual match, sure. which is the which is the proper way to book things. <laughs> Not to be like, these guys are going to face off each other on regular TV other than just never interact again. Yeah, I don't know. Um, Jason, you... Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to ask if you had anything else. Um, I thought that... I mean, the lie detector segment, obviously, we want to talk about, right? That was funny. I thought it was kind of funny. I actually really enjoyed it. I thought it was going to be really stupid, but Kevin Owens is so fucking good He's that the he can take something funny. like this and make it hilarious. Right. And Gable oh, was really good, too. I was going to say, the and Chad, Chad did his part. Yeah, the two of them were really good together. And, of course, uh, in true Owens fashion, always selling when you're on camera, him laughing at the jobber getting carted out was amazing, <laughs> too. <Yeah. laughs> that was good. Yeah. But he's he's always great, you know. It's Kevin yeah. Owens. He's, he's my favorite wrestler for a reason because he's great. Uh, what did we think of the commitment ceremonies that shoot up twenty minutes of time? Stupid. Well, that we're not going to talk about. There you go. There is a new match that we haven't seen. Kevin Owens is probably going to take on Ezekiel at Backlash. There you go. So that's something new. Sure. Okay. I mean, is it going to be good? I mean, Kevin Owens will be good. Ezekiel is not a good wrestler, so... Well, I mean, no, he was not. But we also haven't seen him in eight months. Maybe he's a little bit better. Yeah, you know what? I could have gone without seeing him ever again. 
<laughs> so, I'm sorry. That's a that's a dude that should be just a manager. Because sure, he yeah. can talk, but he can't wrestle. That's fair. Like, was it funny when he did like the El Vagabondo thing? Yeah, sure. But then he got in the ring, and you're like, oh, that's right. He's not good. <laughs> Uh, Veer Mahan. Veer nope, Mahan? No. Nope, nope. No? Came. Okay. Came. Came. Yeah, he, he came. came. He came. He came. He came pretty hard. Uh, let's see here. What else happened on Raw? We don't need to go go blow by blow. I think... Yeah. I think no, I just didn't know if there was any other, like... Big, like I said, the commitment ceremony was fucking re- dumb. Dumb. Uh, Street Profits are great, but... Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't. Do you think they make that a trip? They should. They shouldn't make that a triple threat at ba- at WrestleMania Backlash. And put I the almost, profits in there. Yeah, but if they put the profits in there, guess who's taking the pin, dude? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's the profits. Like that's the only reason to make it a triple threat, is so that they don't have to have Orton Riddle take a pinfall. Right. And oh hey. Welcome back to the WWE, Cody Rhodes. You won your first big match on Raw by Countdown. Count yeah. That's right. Creative control, baby. All right. Yeah, unless we got anything else to talk about. Oh, good. Okay. Right. That's going to do it for us. Thank you for sticking out with us and uh, listening to us. And thank you to my co-host, Sal. Thank you, Troy. It's been fun. And thank you, Jason. Thank you, Troy. Jason, why don't you go ahead and send us on home? I guess that means we will run your ass down next time. Bye-bye. You have been listening to a Rundown Wrestling Network production. Please visit rundownwrestling.com for all of our shows, as well as our other special events. Keep it locked there, or subscribe to the Rundown Wrestling Network on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast, Stitcher Premium, or anywhere you get your podcast from. Leave us a voice message that we will play on an episode by going to anchor.fm slash rundownwrestling slash message. Join our Patreon at patreon.com slash rundownwrestling. You can show us how much you love us by buying us a cup of coffee for just one buck at ko-fi.com slash rundownwrestling. Go to reddit.com slash r slash rundownwrestling. Follow us on Twitter at Rundown Network. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash rundownwrestling. Email the show your dick pics and twat shots via rundownwrestling at gmail.com or go to Instagram or YouTube and look for Rundown Wrestling. Follow us on Twitch by going to twitch.tv slash rundownwrestling, and you can also follow our host Adam on twitch.tv slash thesalzer effect. This has been a Rundown Wrestling Network production. <laughs>